Welcome to the Talking Recruitment Podcast from the REC. Every week we look at all the latest insights, perspectives and experiences from across our diverse recruitment industry. Hello everyone and welcome along to another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC Podcast. My name is Neil Carberry, the REC Chief Executive. It's a pleasure to have you along as we head into summer, uh, the summer holidays. uh, School's breaking up, of course, just about now. But actually thinking about uh, that, some of the hot weather we've already had in the early part of the year is certainly focusing minds. Uh, Certainly focused my mind when we had to fix the REC offices uh, air conditioning a little while ago. It's been a super busy couple of months for the REC. You know, of course, we had our conference on June the 30th. But a number of things I just wanted to share with you uh, to, in the introduction to this podcast, just to make you aware of. First and most importantly, we've got a fantastic new campaign out called Overcoming Shortages. We published the campaign report for that on the 18th of July, but we're running that right through the year with a parliamentary event and some other campaigning in the autumn. And it's really about pointing out to both businesses, clients, uh, and to government that we need to start putting the people stuff first if we want the economy to grow. We set out that if we don't react to some of the shortages we currently face, if we don't get better at deploying staff, uh, productivity, investment and engaging staff, uh, we, we'd be leaving a, up to £39 billion pounds of growth on the shelf every year, which is the equivalent of the entire defence budget or two whole Elizabeth lines. Our suggestions about how we do that, well, obviously business has got to be in the lead and there's some clear steers for clients to take uh, in the report and we'd love to support you in taking that to your clients and talking about how we as recruiters really add value in terms of working in deep professional services relationships with our clients. But obviously there are some big messages for government too about reforms to the skills system, the immigration system, but also thinking a bit more joined up in terms of some of the things that are real frustrations. I've got there's a great example in there from one of our members who offered seven Kickstarter places to uh, some young people last year, but only one could take it up because there wasn't a bus that went to the business part where they they were based and loads of other businesses were based. So there's lot we, lots we can do to make the most of our people and overcome these skill shortages. And I hope what the report and the campaign sets out is that recruiters are right at the heart of that. So do take a look at that on the REC website. In other areas of our work at the moment, well, the deadline date for uh, entries to the REC awards is the 22nd of July. So you just have time to sneak in under the door, Harrison Ford-like on that one, if you want to enter for what is the biggest night of recruitment year. We've had a lot of interest this year, but we're always keen to have as many stories from across the industry to celebrate as we can on on that day in November. So do have a look at the awards uh, website if you have a chance. We're also concerned about making sure that uh, members can navigate the more tumultuous economic times that we're seeing uh, at the moment and get ready to plan, uh, to navigate them and thrive in 2023. So I'm going to draw your attention in particular to the fantastic event that uh, we uh, have set uh, that we have set up with Greg Savage at the end of August. Again, have a look on the REC website for that one. A really great morning with Greg going through how we make sure we set our businesses up for success in slightly more difficult times. But then we pull that through as the market recovers uh, after the the headwinds of inflation and maybe a little economic slowdown in the autumn 
go away. So lots there to check out. It's all on the REC website at rec.uk.com. And now let's turn to our discussion for today. And this is one I've really been looking forward to for a while because I've been involved with the TimeWise Power List for a number of years with, uh, uh, and it's really great at celebrating people who work in senior roles in a part-time way. And it it was incredibly pleasing to have uh, someone from uh, the home team on the list uh, this year, and that's Tessa Hollingworth, who's the MD, MD for Hayes in the Northwest. And one of the things that we agreed when we uh, when we were chatting after Tessa made it onto the list is that we should talk a little bit about working part time in recruitment and and both making it work and creating a culture for it to work as a leader. So, Tessa, I'm absolutely delighted that you're joining us on the pod today. Welcome. Hello, thank you, thank you very much. I'm I'm extremely pleased to be asked. Thank you, Neil. So, why don't we start with the kind of what what I think is quite an outdated image of recruitment as you know, long hours, everyone at the desk all, all, all day, hard hard charging. It is hard work. It's always going to be hard work, um, but that of course creates an image that maybe it's not the most. A welcoming sector for part-time work. Now, I know that not to be true. No, plenty of people who work in the industry uh, on a part-time basis. But you have to kind of make it work for you, don't you? So why don't we, why don't we start with kind of how you came to work part-time and what the the challenges uh, are for someone who is building a part-time career in in a sector like recruitment? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I, and just 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 to reiterate what you say, it, it's it's always been traditionally, hasn't it, a, a, a very full time job recruitment, very work harder, do more, etc. And I think I think I think the pandemic has been a real changer, hasn't it, for recruitment, in that a lot more people are able to work flexibly, a lot more people are able to work from home. So I do think the pandemic has has elevated recruitment being a more inclusive sector to work in. Which, which is fantastic in that respect. I think in terms of the challenges that, that I faced, I've worked for Hayes now for 20 years. <laughs> and, and for the first 10 years, I, I actually ran a national business. So I ran our Hayes banking business nationally, which was 14 offices up and down the country. And I I thoroughly enjoyed that. And, and, and I probably worked too many hours. I spent my life up and down on 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 train sort of giving it my all and and then when I had my first child hey it it was actually really good timing because Hayes actually reorganised their structure and rather than having national directors they they moved to regional directors and I uh, I was living in Manchester at the time. I'm still living in in in, Man- in Manchester now. But I had my first child, and the role that I was given when I came back from my first maternity leave was a regional role. So that so that worked really really well. But the challenges are still you 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 are dealing with clients, you are dealing with candidates, you are dealing with you know I have 245 people who work in the Hayes Northwest business, and clients and candidates, you need to be there for them. You need to be very agile and you need to be able to react really, really quickly because that's the right thing to do to service candidates and clients. So the challenges, my challenges working on a part time basis were to be there to be able to do a really good job in a very fast paced business whilst looking after young children uh, and, and being able to give myself to my job and being able to give myself to my children as well. And that's difficult. And, and I've all, always been a real perfectionist in everything that I do. So moving from a, uh, I have no children and I can give my all to my job 
to having children and and having to prioritize i think i think that's a really big challenge not 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 just for myself but for everyone who moves down that down that career area i think i think if you think about that there's, there's something there about uh, and I've heard this not just in recruitment, but in other professional services sectors, which is, you know, you have deep and often personal relationships with your major clients. And as you get more senior, you tend to be uh, t- taking care of some pretty chunky accounts and you want to be there uh, and you want to be on the ground. But at the same time, um, the question becomes, well, how do you make it about making sure the business is there even when you are not and i and one of the pieces that i i recall from you saying around the the times wise piece is that that piece about role modeling the behavior because i think actually in recruitment we've probably had a quite a few people who find ways of working flexibly uh slightly under the radar and and the critical thing and and potentially going to discussing with clients is that is how you make it not a taboo and I'm interested in on the path you walk to kind of, you know, how do you navigate that environment where you've got your major client and you want to be on call 24-7 for them, um, but that on-call is really the on-call of your you and your team rather than specifically you right now at this moment when you might be, for instance, jamming some baby food into, into a kid's mouth. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, and, 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 and I think I think I did, as did a lot of people in my position who've moved from full time to work to, to, to part time working. I think you have a bit of a light bulb moment where where, where you realise that you need to prioritise what's what's important but but also that you need to stop apologizing I, I, I was I was speaking to one of my well to one of my best friends actually who's a very senior person in a in a in one of the biggest employee uh, employers in in Manchester and she said to me I used to spend all my life apologizing so apologizing to my clients apologizing to to I would go into meetings and I would apologize for leaving early I would apologizing for 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 being a bit late and she said I'm going to stop apologizing and I'm going to start celebrating and being who I am and celebrating the fact that I have this chance to work flexibly so so I had a light bulb moment I think probably about six months after I came back from my maternity leave where I I was having similar experiences to her I was just apologizing to everyone all of the time and the light bulb moment was I don't need to apologize I need to prioritize and I need to delegate and I need to communicate because if you explain to your clients and your candidates that you're not available that day but someone else is someone who is just as good as you and someone who can give them just as good a service that as you can then 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 your clients absolutely won't mind that and and they will appreciate just being communicated with so so you celebrate the hours that you can do you explain that to clients candidates and you explain it to the to to your colleagues as well. You explain when when you are available. You explain when you're not available, uh, and and everyone moves forward with that together. And I think I think the delegation piece is so important as well because there's two sorts of of delegation to me. The first sort is delegating and just giving your stuff to other people, almost sort of pressing down on them and and giving them stuff to do because you don't have the time to do it 
And the other the other positive delegation is thinking, I don't have time to do this. Who would benefit from doing it? So 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 I won't necessarily be able to do this, but someone else has this amazing skill set and they would really benefit from this being delegated to them, explain why they're being delegated to. And, and, and really empower your colleagues through delegation and use the fact that you don't have time to do everything to really advance other people's careers. And, and that's, that, that, that's something that I've really started to celebrate and enjoy and, 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 and really fostered an environment of, of in, in, in Hayes in the Northwest of delegation, celebrating and real communication around who is able to do what in, in which time slots and, 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 I no longer apologize if I can't do, if I can't be in a meeting, if, if I can't achieve that task. I, I accept that as, as does everyone else. And, and we find someone probably more appropriate to do it. So it's a, it's a mind, it's a mindset shift, Neil, that you, that you need to allow yourself to have, I think. That's really interesting. And, you know, that, that stop apologizing piece really resonates with me. And, you know, the other um, one is the use of the word only. I'm only part time, uh, which kind of getting away from that. One of my bosses in a previous job was a senior woman who worked four days a week. And she used to say, essentially, we've got to get this idea that flexible working is a staff benefit out of our heads. Because uh, she'd frequently remind me that she worked four days a week and she got four days of salary rather than five, and that's the 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 way we uh, the way we organise them. You know, it, it is a transaction, and people are giving to the organisation what they've agreed to to give to the org- uh, to the organisation. But the other thing that I think that really sung out to me from what you were saying was that piece around. You know, if you are running hard to fit a full-time job into a part-time schedule, you're always going to be dealing with the crisis in front of your face because the inbox is always going to be so full. And I think what you were hinting at, well, more than hinting at, as as you went through that last answer to my question was that there are some big long-term benefits in terms of staff development and staff engagement so I think I so let's flip this towards leadership because you are doing a hugely significant role with Hayes in the Northwest um, how do you in you know as a leader how do you instill that culture of trust that frankly that you need to make uh, to make this work because obviously you can't manage by expecting everyone to be on the desk and making calls at 8 30 and keep them there until uh, clocking off time five days a week there's a different approach to management that's much more kind of tr- uh, based on trust that that is at the heart of this can I just go back to the 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 point you made around we can't do all all of the job uh, in the part time hours and and I think historically part time um, people have been expected to do the full time job and when I came back from my first maternity leave I was given exactly the same I was given exactly the same duties that that full time people were and. I had to sort of really, really push back on that and say, well, I can't do the same task because because I work different hours. So, so let's let's look at that. And and the reason for me for me bringing it back to this is is because I currently in the northwest I have twenty um, 
I have 20 people at the moment who are currently on maternity paternity leave and I'm it's really important to me to inspire them to want to come back to work and for them to know that that the job that they will be given will be the job that 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 they can do in the hours that they can do and for people to be empowered to know that they will be given a job that is appropriate for what they do now 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 coming on to your point around trust and 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 how how do we put trust at the heart of everything that we do? And it's 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 a really interesting point, I think, particularly in the in the big shift. I think that recruitment has made since the pandemic to re- remote working, hybrid working, etc. And 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 again, to me, it it goes back to the inspiring piece. So. so as a business, we have a lot of really, really good systems and tools that we give to people, so they're really, really clear as to, as to what is expected of them at the start of every week, at the start of every month, and they can log what they do in the appropriate manner, and then we can then inspect to see whether they've done what what they were supposed to do. But as a business, and I always say to everyone who joins our business, we will always trust you because that is the right way to start any working relationship, any any relationship in 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 life. Really, we will trust you, and 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 the trust that we give you at Hayes is essentially yours to lose. And we make expectations really clear at the very start in terms of what what we would like them to do in their job and what they need to do in their job to be successful. And Yes, we can inspect what everyone does, but I don't really like to inspect what people do. I like to inspire them to want to do well and to want to do the tasks. And if people enjoy their job and they feel they feel that we're that we are giving them the recognition, we are saying thank you. That that's that's that, that that's another really big part of our culture, I think, here at Hayes. And similarly, it goes back to the point I was making earlier around delegation. If you delegate something to someone, you need to say thank you. So if we're inspiring people to do their job and we're saying thank you to them for doing their job, because because we ask people to do a lot, don't we, in, in recruitment and it's tiring. So we inspire, we thank and if people know that they're trusted and they're motivated and that's recognised to do the right thing, then then in my experience, the vast majority of people will do the right thing because that's what the vast majority of people want to do. So we put trust at the start of everything we do and we inspire people to really, really make that happen. I hope I hope that answers your question. That's incredibly insightful, actually. And I'm I'm recalling something someone said to me once that was basically you know the the number of people who go to work not to do a good job every day in the uk is a vanishingly small number everybody wants to do a good job and some of this is about us helping people to do a good job and the thing you put your finger on there is how important personal accountability is in this world and boosting personal accountability and personal ownership um is a critical part of of delivering the vision that that you've just set out and from certainly from my observations traveling around the country talking to recruitment leaders that sense of how do i engage and retain my people right at the top of the list we all know that it's the hiring market for consultants is pretty uh, tough at the moment um a lot of it comes down to well how do people feel treated and do the 
do they feel they have the accountability and the trust to make a success of what they're looking at? It's why we're publishing some stuff on the REC website at the moment about you know selling your vision and build, and engaging your staff effectively, because certainly recruiters all over the country in all sizes that's in in their head right now. Not just because it's the right thing to do, but because the uh, because we're facing some significant labour and skill shortages in our, in our own sector. I mean, I think something. There's something here about now being quite a moment to make some progress on this, isn't there? I mean, is 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 this? Do you sense there's a bit of an inflection point here, and that more and more companies are are reading the writing on the wall and starting to make a move? I think the pandemic has has focused us a lot more on well-being, hasn't it? Rightly, rightly so. I think the pandemic means that employees expect more from their from their employers rightly so and and because of the technology that has evolved because of the pandemic employers are able to uh, have hybrid working remote working things have changed hasn't it Pe- people people demand more and and probably people should should have more so 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 it's a really exciting time i think and 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 if i think about how that how that um translating to what we're talking about in terms of trust in in terms of flexible and part-time working it, you know as i said earlier i i have a var- i've i have a lot of people in my business currently on maternity leave i have a lot of people that have just returned from maternity leave and the difference that that trust and hybrid re- remote working can make to their life, I think, is absolutely phenomenal. I, I've, we have people who 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 can now pick, who can take their children to school, who can pick their children up from school, who can work a little bit in the office, who can work a little bit from home, uh, um, and us trusting them to do that and be able to do that, I think, is is such a fantastic step to take forward, especially Neil in recruitment, because I'm sure there are lots of lots of sectors that have been doing that for years. But from the recruitment perspective, it's always been in the office. We need to see what you're doing. We need you to work a little bit harder. Whereas whereas now we can work remotely and in terms of you you were saying earlier to me about role modeling and the the importance of my job role modeling of since since I was promoted to managing director of the northwest and and promoted on on onto the UK board that I've been really inspired and really touched by the amount of young people that have come up to me in recruitment and said I didn't realize that that you could actually get to a high level um, working part-time and I, I'm really inspired and I'm really motivated to now really take my career all the way up because I didn't realize that I could make that happen so so in terms of the responsibility that I feel as role modeling demonstrating that it's okay to uh, leave a bit early demonstrating that it's okay to not attend that meeting because you've got sports day demonstrating that 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 it's that it's okay to perhaps do a little bit less here to be able to give a little bit more at home i think i think role modeling trust giving more back to your employees by being able to trust them and say thank you and well done i think i think this is a really exciting time not not only for for part-time working people um, in the in all of the UK, but especially in recruitment, because that, that that's that's my sector, isn't it? That's that's the piece that I'm champion. I'm I'm championing, and it's a really exciting time for us to move forward. I think it's it's really interesting. A couple of thoughts occurred to me from our conference, which was uh, recently on June the thirtieth. Um, 
one thing was in our EDI panel, someone saying, well, the thing is, if you're in recruitment, you can't advise a client on it if you're not living the values yourself. So in a sense, we've got to change as an industry to 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 reflect the way the world is changing so we can to, to walk the walk to be able to talk the talk. And then the other thing is I really did get that sense um, that there was a moment here because we had an EDNI panel, but actually EDNI and flexibility and how we run our businesses ran through the whole day from what we were hearing from um, uh, from the client sides in our client panel through to what you know, recruitment business leaders were saying in the in the business leaders panel that you know if you want us to be what we are, which is a high quality professional service where the value is increasingly delivered by knowing where to go and knowing which advice to give, it's not a commoditized throughput uh, business in, in in this world. Then, um, then you need people who are fresh. People who are uh, who don't have stressy clashes uh, between different areas of the life. Everything you've been talking about, uh, Tessa, has um, is relevant commercially to the direction the sector's taking as well. Is that fair? Yes, and, and recruitment. We we are spending all of our time in recruitment, advising our clients on 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 who to recruit, how to recruit, what their value proposition needs to be, what they need to be explaining to. Um, potential employees so if as a company we're not as you say living and breathing those exact values ourselves, it 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 doesn't really sit right does it so 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 and and I, I think that's the really exciting walk um, move forward that recruitment has essentially made Neil hasn't it I think we are now and you, you've alluded to it a few times when we've spoken before we are we are now as a just as professional and just as important as a profession as a lot of our clients and and that that has historically not been the case but we've worked really hard to be a really good employer of choice that gives people really credible uh, career paths exactly the same as as the vast majority of our clients because as you say if we aren't how can we advise others to be that's a really interesting point Absolutely. So I think there's a real moment here where, you know, we talk a lot about recruitment as a sector, walking along with our heads held high. But what I'm taking away from this discussion, that point about not apologising for the way you work is is important. I think there's something about power in organisations as well. Um, you know, I often say, you know, I, like many uh, chief execs, say, you know, my door is open for something you need. If I can, something I can get out of your way to help you perform better, come and see me. But I think maybe a few years ago I didn't appreciate the courage it takes some, for someone to walk through that door and say actually can I um, and that, that kind of role modelling is the best way to, to build to build that, cor- uh, that courage up and then there's that point about now being the moment where you know our clients are changing, we're changing um, account- you know, accountability is super important in how we run this, you've identified that but there's something here in just needing to find a new production model that is that bit more flexible and acknowledges that what we want to employ is rounded humans who are really cracking professionals and rounded humans have other things in their lives. And it's really important that we talk about that and celebrate it, isn't it? And uh, rather than trying to brush it under under the carpet and, and pretend that it's not happening. And 
just get as much out of our employees as we can, rather than actually looking at what is the right amount to give them and what's going to be right for them, and therefore what's what's going to be right for us. It's a really important balance, isn't it? I couldn't agree more. Tessa, I've loved this conversation. Thank you very much for joining us and congratulations again on your uh, nomination to the power list. As I said at the top of the pod, it was a real delight to have a senior recruitment leader up there on the list this year, really demonstrating uh, everything that we've been talking about on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for your for your support in it as well. It's it's uh, really, really appreciated. Thank you. Super. Well, I really enjoyed that, everyone, and hope you did too. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not dive into the back catalogue for uh, to have a look at some of the other things we've been talking about. The last episode uh, uh, with an external guest was episode 12 for 2022, and that was with uh, Julia Kermode, and we were talking about protecting agency workers and uh, making sure that uh, firms uh, don't uh, they don't get caught up uh, on the wrong side of things like holiday pay um, or try episode 10 talking about cyber risk in recruitment with our friends from Marsh Commercial and the various ways in which uh, recruitment businesses need to protect themselves on cyber so plenty there uh, tackling all the big issues right back to fantastic discussion jobs boards and candidate shortage with Thomas Prince earlier in the year Um, and the other thing I'd point you to uh, in the next few weeks to look out for is we're publishing the edited highlights of REC22 our online annual conference and that's all available for members to dig into and take away some really great business advice uh, from a, a wide range of guests that we had on that day thank you for joining us on today's podcast I hope to Uh, have you join us again soon on another episode of Talking Recruitment, the REC podcast. Thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join me for another episode soon and check out our back catalogue at rec.uk.com to catch up on some other fantastic discussions that are really helpful for recruiters. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. So subscribe to REC Podcasts to never miss an episode.